Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Do you remember reading newspapers? I mean, you know, holding it, flipping pages. Remember those days? For those of us who do. You remember when they made a mistake and they would print a retraction? And it was always on about page six or seven in small print down in the bottom, right? Well, I'm going to make my retraction public. Now, either Chris Pence or I have lost our mind. I don't know which it is, but apparently I, he did not give me the idea for today's lesson. Now, there's somebody out there going, how come he got the credit? I'm the one that talked to you about it. I told you about it. You told me it was a great idea. You said you were going to preach it. And Chris got the uh, credit for it. So either it's true and he lost his mind, or it's not true and I lost my mind. But if you want to fess up and remind me, I'll give you credit. I have no problem with that at all because it's a great idea today. I loved it. I've enjoyed it. And I hope it has been helpful in explaining a couple of things. Jesus, the Lamb. Least among many brethren. Now tonight, Jesus, the goat. Think for a minute what characteristics make something the greatest. And you just think about if you're going to name something to be the greatest, I don't care if it's in music, sports, uh, movies, teachers in school, just think about some things that in your head would go, that's why the greatest. Well, in my time, there was one who told us he was the greatest. Muhammad Ali said, I am the greatest. And therefore, we all knew it. He let us know. I mean, he was good. Uh, He was a boxer, those of you who were younger. He was a boxer. Personally, I enjoyed it when he boxed three times against Joe Frazier. That was my guy. But he was the greatest. The idea of being the greatest. There are people who strive for it. There are people who want it. Uh, There are people who desire it. I want to ask you tonight, what makes the greatest? Let's think about Jesus, the goat, the greatest of all time. Consider Leviticus chapter 16. It is the passage where we learn that the Jews... One time every year on the Day of Atonement had a scapegoat. God was very clear what he wanted. And as you read down through that text, here are some things that you will find. On this day, a holy day, the high priest would have a bull or an ox, depending on how that is translated, and two goats. 
And because this was a holy event, this high priest would wear certain clothes that were only worn this one time every year. That's it. And he would wash himself and put on these holy garments. And he would go into the most holy place, and there he would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice on the mercy seat of God. Now, there was something special that he did with the two goats. He had to take those goats and stand before them, and however they did it, we don't know the exact details, but we are sure that God was guiding the process. He cast lots. And as he cast lots, the lot would fall on one of those goats. And when that lot was cast, that goat became the scapegoat. He would then take the other one, kill it, and offer it as a sacrifice. But the scapegoat. He would stand there with his hand on the goat's head. And he would pronounce over that goat the sins of the people. I don't think it's intended to say he just made a list of sins. But rather he is saying, we are sinners and right now we are taking this sin and we are putting it on the head of this goat. And then it was the job of another person with a leash on that goat to take it out into the wilderness and to let it go. And in that way, the people saw that that goat taking their sins away out into the wilderness, they could have an understanding that God was not against them because the scapegoat took it away. Now, one of the things that we have a hard time imaging is what it would have been like to be in that Jewish ceremony of all of those sacrifices. Think about how many people they had. Think about how many animals would have been offered every day. And then on the high and holy days, there were hundreds and hundreds of animals that would be offered there were so many priests that were working all the time slaughtering animals. It is said that after a day of service, those, all of those priests would have bloodied garments. Blood was flowing everywhere. And the sounds, the smells of the burning, and the incense to cover it up, all made the experience of sin and its remission a sensory thing for them. The remission of sins is not as sensory for us. 
Oh, sure, there is water baptism that we experience. There is the joy that we can see on a face. But as far as sensing it in those ways, those people really lived with it. But they were reminded every single day that they were not right with God. They were sinners. So the whole tenor of the Old Testament is a reminder that you're a sinner. We come to the New Testament and the whole tenor is a remission of the sins that you do commit. So that's what the Jews had. And Jesus is our scapegoat. Now, I looked up a common definition of a scapegoat. And you know what that's about, and you can hear it in the definition. It is a person who is blamed for the mistakes and the faults and the, and the failures of another person, and usually for the purpose of expediency. He did it. Not my fault. He did it. Blame him, not me. That's the idea of a scapegoat. Jesus is our scapegoat. It means to take the blame for somebody else and their problems. The passage read for us from Isaiah 53 says that Jesus took our blame. He laid, God laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took what we should have gotten. He took our blame. He took our faults. He took our failures. And he did it for expediency. Expedient means the best way to get something done. Whenever things happen, when something is done, whether in a spiritual context like worship, where we would have expediencies, how are we going to pass out the Lord's Supper? That's an expedient, however you want to do it. How are you going to arrange the time of worship? That's an expedient, whatever you want to do. And when it comes to spiritual things with Jesus, not only is it expedient, but it's the only way to get it done. Again, Isaiah 53. Notice the phraseology. He took our sins for us. You do it in behalf of another. You do it to get it done. I'm going to do it so that it will happen. Jesus is our expedient. In John chapter 11, we find this 
interesting phrase. Caiaphas, the high priest, advised all of the Jewish leaders. It is expedient that one die for us and not that all the nation should be destroyed. Of course, he was trying to, and he didn't have to work very hard, convince them that we need to get rid of this guy. Because if he stays around, the Romans are going to destroy us as a people because he's messing everything up. And yet, his words were prophetic. His words were prophetic because God was using the mouth of Caiaphas to make a point, to intercede in behalf of, in the only possible way, the expediency of Jesus taking on my blame and your blame. Nobody else could do it. They had already been through an entire system that didn't work. All of those animals that died. But Jesus, the expedient sacrifice. And I love the words of Psalm 103 and verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. Well, how far is that? They never meet. They're never together. It's 180 degrees opposite. As far as the east from the west... Jesus is our scapegoat. And for our purposes, he is our goat. The greatest of all time. What does it take to be the greatest? There was, in looking that up and trying to see, if I were to ask you right now to give characteristics or qualities that make someone or something the greatest ever, you could probably come up with things that we could tabulate and put together and we would have a pretty good understanding of how to be the greatest. Well, as it relates to being the greatest person, here is what I found proposed by someone. There are five things that make somebody the greatest ever. And here is what they said. Number one, you are the greatest if, and this is what people say, if you look out for the needs and the concerns of somebody else. And as Scripture teaches us, 
willing to help. In Luke 19 and verse 10, Jesus said of himself, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In the garden, God lost us because we ran away through our parents. They ran away and created an environment in which every one of us has run away. And we're lost. And Jesus said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. But it's not just about willing to help someone. It's being a respectful person of them. We can find someone who's lost and stone them. <laughs> we found them, but we killed them. We could reprimand and rebuke and criticize and destroy and separate, and we're not going to help. But Jesus, in seeking to save the lost, respected them. Sure, they were sinners. Sure, they had problems. But he respected them. And then I think of the words in Acts chapter 10. When Peter came to the household of Cornelius, and he said... God, in one version, is not a respecter of persons. But in every nation, whoever hears him and does his will is accepted by him. He respects them, but he's not a respecter of them. In other words, God respects people. He wants all to be saved but he doesn't think of one better than another. I'll save you, but I'm not going to save you. Why? Because he respects them all. And if you want to be great, if you want to be one of the greatest ever, don't you have to respect people? Jesus is respectful. Third, I find in Hebrews 13 and verse 8. When you respect people, you're going to encounter people who don't think like you do. But you hold your position highly. Jesus did not falter. He criticized and condemned sin everywhere he found it even while respecting the individual. If you want to be the greatest ever, be able to respect people, yet hold the position, the high ground that God wants us to hold while dealing with them in a respectful manner. Jesus said of himself, or the Bible said of him, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. 
while holding that position, even though it may disagree with others, don't ever leave in the midst of trouble. Don't ever run away. Part of respecting someone is being willing to walk through the difficulties with them. Part of respecting somebody is holding on to what is right, understanding they might be wrong, but we work with them. We don't ever leave. We don't run away and say, you're not worth my time. Hebrews 13, 5 said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, you stay around for the purpose of creating peace. Now, it may never happen. You can't force peace. But you hang on for the purpose of peace. Ephesians 2 and verse 14, Jesus is called, He is our peace. He broke down the dividing wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now this is, these are five things that people say, if you want to be known as the greatest of all time, then you think how these five things apply to those people. And maybe you can think of some people in the history that come to your mind and you've been told about them that they had these five qualities about them. Well, certainly Jesus did. But I want you to hear what Jesus said about what it takes to be the greatest and why, in fact, Jesus is the goat. The disciples and Jesus were walking around one day going to the next place. And the Bible says that they were talking, discussing among themselves. But then it gives this little note. But they didn't want Jesus to know what they were talking about. Well, I guess they forgot that he can read minds. Because he said, what were you discussing? What were you talking about? The question was, how can we be the greatest? They were asking, how can we be the goat? How can we be the greatest of all time? Jesus gave the answer. If you want to be first, you must be last. You must be servant of all. Isaiah 53 has been called the text that tells us about the, the suffering servant. Jesus is the greatest of all because he became last. I seem always not, that's an exaggeration. I seem Often, when I'm talking about these kinds of things concerning Jesus, to end up in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 28. 
And when all things are subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to the Father, that God may be all in all. Jesus is the goat. He's the greatest of all time because he gave a sacrifice that can never be topped. There is no greater one because his sacrifice was an eternal one. This one who is God is said in the text of the passage, he will one day be subject to God. He will forever take a lower position in the presence of God his Father. Because that's what the goat does. He becomes the least so that he can be the greatest. If you want to have an interesting study on your own, go back and look at the details of the lamb and the goat and, and compare them to Jesus just quickly. When the high priest had those two and he cast lots to see which one would be the scapegoat, can you call to mind the soldiers casting lots for the only garment that he had? Jesus is the least among many brethren, while at the same time being the greatest of all time. That Jesus deserves our attention. That Jesus deserves our honor. And today, may we honor him in the appreciation of those two great roles that he plays on our behalf, because without him doing it, we would have nothing. Tonight, if the lamb and the goat move you to obey Jesus, I'm glad. If it moves you to determine to dig deeper and to be more spiritual, I'm glad. And if it moves you to need us to help you through meeting our shepherds, we'll be glad for that too while we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest.
Thanks for listening.